The National Cabinet met yesterday to discuss options for easing COVID-19 restrictions over the coming months. The Prime Minister said the focus is now on getting the economy back to a more sustainable level. The National Cabinet will meet again on Friday. I know many of you listening this morning are wondering what to expect when we start going back to work. Neville Power is chair of the National COVID-19 Coordination Commission. He's actually the man responsible for putting together a plan for a proactive and consistent approach to supporting businesses and workers to safely return to work. Let's find out what that, uh, what those parameters might be. He's on the line. Neville Power, good morning to you. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. Some small businesses are reopening already. We're seeing more and more stores in malls opening their windows and doors. What is the government's official stance on reopening, though? Well, we want businesses to reopen in the same disciplined way that we've seen the suppression phase of the virus. We need businesses to include social distancing, personal hygiene, separation of duties in their businesses, keeping their customers safe. And what that means, Chris, is that they need to reconfigure their businesses to make sure that they can protect their employees and their customers, have a good response plan that if there is a hotspot that um, turns up, that they already know what they're going to do and that's been communicated and they've been um, put together the protocols to clean their workplace up. There's lots of resources available to help them to do that. They can talk to their industry bodies or they can go to the Safe Work Australia website or their state website and they'll find all the resource material there to do that. In a lot of cases, Chris, this is just practical, um, rational things. For example, in a coffee shop, have one person at the coffee machine. Don't have two people going backwards and forwards. Keep that social distancing there. Protect customers. um, Put screens up if necessary. um, Use touch pay and those sorts of things to make sure that people are as safe as they can be. So in restaurants, for instance, you're going to ask restaurants, if and when they're opening, say July or somewhere a little sooner than that, you're going to ask restaurants to, you know, space tables, space chairs, so that people can go in and still have that social distancing, right? Yes, that's right. And there will be um, guidelines developed for that as we as we see the easing of restrictions. But most importantly, it's for those businesses to think about their own personal circumstance and how they can configure their business to, um, to protect employees and customers. For some restaurants, it'll be more difficult because they need a minimum number of customers, obviously, to keep the lights on and pay the air conditioning and, and pay the staff. Yeah. But if they can spread their customers over a longer period of time, for example, if they can have multiple sittings, those sorts of things will help. And I think big businesses as well can help by staggering start times, spreading the peak hours for public transport and for those shops and and small services so that there's more of an opportunity to keep socially distanced and, um, and keep people safe. Okay, you mentioned public transport. That was my next question. Managing public transport will be a major factor for people deciding whether they want to go to a workplace or stay at home. Um, So you're saying that employers have to be aware of stretching the peak hour and probably asking people to start a little bit earlier or a little bit later and, what, alternate their staff as a whole? Exactly, Chris. And I think um, if we spread those peak times out, and let's face it, a lot of people will probably 
be quite happy to vary their start times and some people would prefer to start earlier, some prefer to start later. So there's a there's probably a natural um, rhythm here that we can get into to spread those peak hours out. And if businesses, big, particularly big employers in the city, can stagger their start times, can rotate their staff um, so they can have a combination of work from home, work from office, we can maintain the same disciplines that we've had to keep the virus under control as we come out of this. Okay. I don't know whether this is part of your portfolio or not, but there's been a lot of talk about Australia relying less on overseas manufacturing, that the virus has provided an opportunity for Australian companies to make products for Australians, not just you know emergency products, but that and more. Are you in charge of that or will you have any say in that transformation? Yes, we will, Chris. And our role is to provide business advice to government on exactly those types of issues. Uh-huh. There, there are a lot of projects and, and thoughts and concepts out there. And our role is to try and help bring those together and identify the ones that have got the best um, opportunity, the best commercial opportunity to come to reality. And you're absolutely right. We've got dis- disrupted international supply chains at the moment. We've got a low Australian dollar. We've got very low cost of of uh, capital, it's mm-hmm. a great environment for businesses to look at those opportunities like manufacturing in Australia, major energy intensive um, agrochemicals, right through to high value component parts. Now, there's a report in the CBD section of the Herald today that you're flying government officials to and from Canberra from WA. You're a qualified pilot, are you? I am, Chris, and uh, I have my own aircraft. It's been a passion for most of my life, and yes, I offered a lift and um, and gave my WA colleagues a lift back uh, after Easter, or sorry, before Easter. Well, you'd be very much aware of the hemorrhaging our aviation industry is sustaining at the moment. Absolutely, and this has been one of the big impacts on our uh, on our um, aviation industry has been the closure of borders and, I guess, people stopping travelling. Um, but the work the government's done on the packages to support both uh, minimum international hubs, uh, particularly for our high-value air freight products going offshore, and for um, basic flights here in Australia to make sure our freight is able to keep moving, has been very, very effective in making sure that we have those minimum services. As we see restrictions lifted, we'll see aviation return, but unfortunately it has been one of the areas most uh, most impacted. Yeah, terrifically. Um, if interstate travel gets up and running before the end of the year, will airlines have to reconfigure their floor space, their seats? That's a possibility. I think one of the opportunities that we see coming here, Chris, is that instead of uh, our, our tourism businesses and our aviation businesses looking to international passengers, we can look at more domestic um, product for local tourism and for people to holiday here in Australia. Mm. So I think there's an opportunity to look at how we can use um, the restrictions that are in place at that time yeah. and do do what we can to um, have our businesses operate with that. Help ourselves first that, instead of choosing to go overseas, which we're not able to do. Exactly right. And, uh, for example, mining companies that are using fly-in, fly-out are using distancing by spacing out the seats and not occupying every seat, 
yeah. by um, organising queues in airports and doing those sorts of things. And I think we could very easily put that into domestic travel as well. I don't envy you. It's a massive job, but good luck with it. And thank you very much for your time this morning. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Okay. Chair of the National COVID-19 Coordination Commission. This is talk, you know, basically the road back, and he's in charge of it, Neville Power. It's 11 to 9.